This podcast contains explicit content. Hardly Focus presents the Ack and Jack Show. Starring Ack. May I interest you in some after-dinner frantic phone call to my loved one's mints? Jack. I don't know what this is, but you put a lot of effort into it. Zach. I was in a porn at 27. You are listening to the Ack and Jack Show. The balance beam. Hi, everybody. Welcome. Hello. Welcome to the Ack and Jack Show. Chris Acciardi, Jack Gill. Uh, we are presented by Hardly Focus and the Solid Listen Podcast Network. You can find us at accandjack.com. That's accandjack.com. Hello, Ack. Hello, Jack. Before I jump into anything, uh, been a while since we've done an installment of the Ack and Jack show uh, for the Solid Listen Podcast Network. And mm-hmm. uh, if y- y- you don't know the backstory, the, the deep lore, the deep lore of this podcast, and if you haven't read the hardly focused Silmarillion or the fandom, the, uh, <laughs> the, the, the wiki which we don't actually have. We had one for the, uh, back when the podcast was called Talk Radio Meltdown, we had a wiki, but that's no longer. But there were people that were actually like updating it with like legitimate info and putting things on there that like I'd <laughs> forgotten about. But it was, it was all like things that happened. It wasn't just like, oh, I, re- I forgot all about that and find out it never actually happened. It was just someone messing with me. Uh, but the... Uh, Ack and Jack show can be a little more uh, political. It can be a little more serious, a little more focused, which is hilarious and ironic because hardly focused is the antithesis of that. But I called some sound drops act that I think accurately uh, describe and portray this show. Uh, so, All right, let's hear him. So this is and I'll preface this by saying you may know this, you may not know this, but I am a fan of the show The Simpsons. Okay, all right. The the Simp Sons, you said? <laughs> I, uh, I said Samson, not Simpson. On... <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's on ABC. Okay. Part of their TJ TGIF lineup. <laughs> uh, so I can usually f- uh, find a way to equate pretty much anything to The Simpsons. Here's uh how I equate hardly focused to the Simpsons. This I think pretty accurately describes hardly focused. This is the emergency broadcast system. Stand by for an urgent bulletin. Hey, Hey, (laughs) Krusty the clown is back on the air. Eight. No, no. 12 hours a day. The only game in town. I'll be beaming out 11 watts of wackiness. Hour after hour of unscripted, unrehearsed comedy. And then this, meanwhile, I feel accurately describes the Ack and Jack show. (laughs) Good evening. Tonight my guest is AFL-CIO Chairman George Meany, who will be discussing collective bargaining agreements. It's a pleasure to be here, Quasti. Let me be blunt. Is there a labor crisis in America today? Well, that depends what you mean by crisis. 
<laughs> look, those cl- clowns in Congress are at it again. <laughs> what a bunch of clowns. <laughs> so uh, there you go. In case you're wondering what the Yak and Jack show is all about, uh, Krusty the Clown, the various eras of Krusty the Clown can sum it up for you. <laughs> It's like we're still having we're having more serious discussions, but we're still in the middle of that meme of a guy progressively applying layers of clown makeup. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that's actually quite accurate. Well, speaking of clowns, we can start with this Uh, literally. I guess almost a couple hours now before we started recording this episode or maybe just an hour, depending on what time it actually started. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis officially announced he is running for president in, for, uh, in 2024. And I would like to first retract, in all sincerity, retract a statement I made on this podcast many weeks ago, several episodes ago, where I said that uh, I would rather, I mean, if it came down to it between Trump and DeSantis. I take DeSantis and at the time I really just had no clue who this guy was. Didn't really do any research other than knowing that uh, because here's the problem with Florida. Florida is already a shithole, right? Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. So when you find out that I'm not a state, I'm a monster. (laughs) (laughs) When you find out that the governor of Florida is going in and somehow making it even worse than it already was. uh, I mean, it's, you just, you don't pay attention. Mm-hmm. So I didn't pay attention. And yeah. then I started paying attention. I started doing, uh, I load the term, but I started doing my research. And uh, boy, howdy, that man is just not a nice person. No, he's not. He's a real evil son of a bitch. Um, yeah. I, it's interesting to think about the whole, like, you know, gun to your head, would you rather Trump or DeSantis or, you know, Trump or Tim Scott or any of these other, you know, figures, it, it's tough to to really decide because it's, uh, you know, they all fucking suck. But, um, you know, it comes down to do you think someone who's a little bit more stable than Trump is preferable or do you think that's even worse because then they might be more effective it enacting evil stuff so i you know i can see either side i can see either you know whether you say i'd rather have trump or i'd rather have desantis i can i can sympathize with either statement even though both would be really not ideal yeah i think the latter makes more sense because if we look at trump the man's in his mid-70s almost late 70s and the rhetoric and the malarkey that comes out of his mouth, you can probably write off as dementia, that he's old, that he's just a boomer. And I didn't know this. I didn't know DeSantis is only 44 years old. Yeah. Yeah, he would be on the younger side of presidents. Yeah, he would be... Uh. I don't remember how old Kennedy was when he was elected, but um, because Obama was in his forties, but he was yeah late late forties. Mm-hmm. So yeah, DeSantis would be pretty young if elected. Yeah, 
I saw it would be like third youngest in our history or something. But you're right though. People would listen to him because he's young because he's not, they, 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 well, this guy's in his forties. He must have all of his marbles. N- never. Well, mind. we'll see. Yeah. Well, never the mind man. the fact that, 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 uh, Captain Wacky MTG Ma- Magic mm-hmm. the Gathering there is, yeah. I think also in her forties, if not, yeah. you know, early fifties. And then the prostitute from Colorado. Oh God. Yeah. She's like what? 21. Yeah, you know, I th- I do think that um, demographic shifts are largely um, a good thing with the younger generations. You know, I do think we are becoming a slightly better with each generation, but that's not like a blanket statement, right? Like Madison Cawthorn, young guy, really young, huge fucking Nazi. Like, so... You know, I don't think it's <laughs> enough to just say, oh, well, they're a young guy. They won't be a crazy, evil reactionary. That's uh, clearly still a possibility. Well, it's just maybe you, you brought him up and not that uh, I'm saying that this guy's a Nazi. He's just a absolute fucking idiot. But Yaziel Correa, he was the mayor of Fall River, Massachusetts. Okay. And he was only, well, he is only, I think, 30 two mm-hmm. not even but he was the youngest i believe I mean, he had to have been the youngest mayor of the city of fall river i mean he was in his 20s at the time but mm-hmm. also incredibly corrupt yeah i was incredibly. gonna ask was he the one who got arrested for a whole bunch <laughs> of fraud i'm sure i think he's in jail right now so yeah yeah but uh yeah so i guess younger not necessarily better yeah Yeah, you know, like when it comes to Biden, like I like Biden. I'm enthusiastic to vote for Biden again. Yes, I would feel better were he not pushing on 80. Mm -hmm. Like what anxiety I do have about Biden just comes out of the, you know, boy, I hope he doesn't have a massive coronary or something (laughs) before the election. Because while I also like Kamala Harris and think she would be good and ready to step up and be president our country really fucking hates women and i i don't know i still have a lot of ptsd about the 2016 campaign uh and i think if trump can beat hillary then an inanimate carbon rod could be Kamala Harris because just the the power of of sexism in our country is just going to overwhelm anything else. So I'm surprised you left it to sexism. You didn't throw racism in there. Well, that's also true, but you know, I do. I just think uh, we're a little bit more uniformly sexist than we are uniformly racist i guess i don't know it's not a competition and we're bad we're terrible about everything but well so uh desantis announced officially that he is running for president in 2024 and we actually already got um uh, a comment from president joe biden who himself is uh running for re-election uh here's what biden had to say Ah, there's an interesting story behind this nickel. In 1957, I remember it was, I got up in the morning and made myself a piece of toast. I sent the toaster to three medium brown. 
<laughs> uh, yeah, I, true. You know what? This is just pure coincidence. But when he's saying three, there's exactly three seconds left of that drop. Wow. Interesting. Now, Biden actually <laughs> did say say something, and I, he, you. So you sent me this. So when, um, before I do, were you about to say something? Did I just step all over you? I, I we might be about to tell the exact same anecdote because I was going to say something about one of Biden's comments. Yes. So, uh, well, why don't you take it away? I'll let you take it away. Uh, I was going to say because of the severe amount of technical difficulties DeSantis has been having with his uh, campaign announcement, attempting to uh, host it on a. Uh, what is it? Twitter talk space or whatever they're called. I think it's just like um, spaces. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just been crashing and the audio has been cutting out and there've been the voices of panicked staffers trying to figure out what's going on. Uh, Biden shared a donate to his reelection campaign link, which is the comment. This link works. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I also like that. Now I don't think, it can't be it can't be Biden who is like aware of this because he's old. It's got to be whoever's running his social media team and he's just mm-hmm. blindly signing off on these things because it's, yeah. it, it has been made to appear that Biden has fully embraced the dark Brandon persona. Right. And that, yeah. that that's a prime example of dark Brandon right there. Just yep. not giving a shit. Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, I think it's a good thing. I think by I I think Biden won the 2020 primary and general by being the most offline candidate. I think that is absolutely a mark in his favor. I think whereas every other politician like scrambles to try to appease the like 10,000 freaks who fucking posts on Twitter 10,000 times a day. Joe Biden was just like, who? Uh, nah, fuck him. I'm just going to keep doing what I normally do. And then ran away with the vote because most people aren't on Twitter. Uh, little did we know, uh, Biden has been pushing his campaign entirely on Friendster. <laughs> Both his initial election uh, bid and then the re-election campaign. Yeah, he's, he locked down the Tom vote from MySpace. <laughs> Uh, yes. So, um, yeah, that uh, that's a, another great dunk uh, we got from uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez um, conservative commentator David Sachs tried to claim that the uh, DeSantis campaign announcement with ha- which had 100,000 concurrent viewers was the largest group to have ever met online. Uh, AOC was quick to point out I had more viewers when I played Among Us on Twitch. <laughs> God, I remember even before she took office when people were trying to take her down because of that video she did uh back oh, when yeah. she was at uh was it BC or, or mm-hmm. BU? Yep. The uh the Breakfast Club uh, yep. reenactment. Um yeah, uh, people suck. Uh, at least with Twitter, I mean you said you said like what, ten thousand maniacs? <laughs> yeah. It's probably more like two thousand because eight thousand of those have to be bots. Yeah, no, I know. I, I, I there are some really deranged people out there. It's it's. I know you're supposed to sort of ignore them and move on, don't feed the trolls and all that. But sometimes it's really hard. I've I've been it's, I've been doing that. There's a there's a website that I frequent called Consequence, formerly Consequence of Sound, and on mm-hmm. uh, Facebook, 
whenever they post something that isn't entirely about music, there's this Facebook page, not not necessarily a personal account, but a page called Clem Jackson, which is just mm-hmm. supposed to be a, uh, it's like, you know, uh, a Southern conservative ultra right wing troll that yeah, types in all MAGA caps. guy. Yeah. Team T- MAGA. Types in all caps and can spell super califragilistic expialidocious uh, with no problems, but then misspells the word the. <laughs> and I, knowing full well it's just a troll account, I'll, I'll still respond to them in like all sincerity. Yeah. Because there are people that are responding to him in all sincerity. Yeah. They're, they're falling That's- for it. It sucks. It's such a a tough pit to get out of because you're never in a million years going to change the minds of those people. But there are normal people, you know, uh, the the median apolitical Facebook user who doesn't really have a strong opinion one way or the other. And if they just see a bunch of lunatics saying that Democrats are bringing in gay immigrants to make our children transgender and not see anybody push back against that, they're just going to fucking go, oh, I guess that's true. It's it's sucks. (laughs) Now, with DeSantis's announcement earlier tonight, are you surprised at all that it was marred with technical issues? No, um, I mean, I think the fact that he's even announced he's running shows he's kind of a fucking moron. Um, I'm not sure what his game plan is other than pray that Trump dies (laughs) because I mean, every single poll has shown that Trump is running away with the nomination. Every candidate who's running against him is just trying to be him. You cannot be better at being Trump than Trump is right. Like I think there's just a failure to understand that the Trumpiness of it is the desire. So how do I want to put this? If we were to just skip straight to a general, I think someone like DeSantis would be a bigger threat than Trump because I think they do have that more, that ability to be more quiet and calm and sound like they know what they're talking about, which Trump does not have. (laughs) Um, But that's not what Republicans want in a primary, right? Like, boy, right up until the end of 2016, I sure did see a lot of sensible conservatives saying John Kasich was going to take the lead any day now. And that never happened because Trump was popular because Republicans, the average Republican voter has one desire hurt the Democrats, hurt the liberals, hurt the socialists. I don't like them. I want them to feel pain. I want them to suffer. Whoever promises to hurt them the loudest will make my pee-pee hard, and then I vote for them. It's it's primal. It's not it's not about policy. It's not about, you know, readiness for the job or experience or anything. And to the, you know, 30 business Republicans left in the country who really just want a sensible fiscal conservative, 
sorry, I don't know what to tell you other than you guess you should vote for Joe Biden because the Republicans are gone. That you are never for as long as I live, the Republicans are never again going to vote for someone who isn't just a screaming, hysterical bundle of frothing rage. That is what the party wants now. Now, was it this way 15 years ago when uh, Bush was president? Was the Republican Party just as bad then that it is now? Well, you know, it's harder for me to say just because, uh, you know, I was what... uh, 11 when Bush first took office. So, I was a, you know, yeah, I was a mere zygote. Yeah, we, we were pretty young at the time. Um, what does depress me is going back. You can do this with Bush. You can do this with Reagan and you can do this with Nixon. Is go back and go back and look at commentary at the time of the people saying this man is the crassest idiot to ever be elected to the high office of the president and we should be deeply ashamed that we have hit this nadir and the only upside is that we could never sink this low or lower again and then we keep doing it right like i would say with very strong confidence that trump is the crassest most vile human being to ever hold the office of president but boy everyone thought that about bush and Reagan and Nixon. He's got like, a filter. That's that that that's yeah. his, that's Trump's I I I mean, I'm gonna say it's his problem. Others are gonna argue that it's his benefit, but yeah, he's got no filter. Yeah. And he just he he's very truly sincerely a a stubborn mule. Yeah. I, I think the big difference between Trump and a lot of the other Republicans who try to take his place is that Trump is an honest to God true believer. Right. I think you're, these these Republicans that I'm talking about, the ones who just want an avatar of rage and destruction, and that's who they're going to vote for in the primary. They have brain poisoning from from Fox News. Right. They they listen to, to Tucker Carlson all day, lean into the TV and tell them you're going to die. The Democrats are going to kill you. Socialists are bringing in black people and gay people and transgender people, and they're going to literally kill you and rape your daughters and burn down your house, and you're going to die. And so these people just get, they they hear that all day, every day, hour after hour. They don't watch anything else. They don't enjoy pop culture anymore. They get no joy out of life. They just stew in this misery and anxiety, and all it makes them want to do is just, lash out and and hit back at the at the perceived threats and i think a lot of the other big name right-wing politicians like your ted cruises your your desantis's a lot of them are just kind of cynical politicians who are just like ah yes i can use these people to put me in power trump is one of those people trump's brain is soup and the other, his voters, whose brains are also soup, they can smell that. You can tell when someone is really authentically on the same level as you or when they're bullshitting you. And now they'll use the politicians who are bullshitting them. Like, yeah, if they can get Supreme Court justices and executive orders and liberal tears out of voting for DeSantis, they'll do it. But they know 
they absolutely know that Trump is one of them in a way DeSantis never actually will be. Now, going back to Fox News, where, where are people getting their rhetoric now, uh, now that Tucker is gone? That's a good question. I don't know who, I mean, they still have, what, Janine Pereiro, and uh, they, they have a, a, a wide array of people, like on a, what is it, Today, Fox Today, or some Friends of Fox, Fox and oh, Friends? Oh, Fox and yeah, Friends. Fox yeah, and friends. Fox yeah, and yeah friends. there we go. Yeah. Um, I mean, n- none of the other shows on that network, and even like whatever Tucker's like new platform is going to be, I think he said he was just going to take it to Twitter and do it live on yeah, Twitter. Yeah, yeah, that's what uh, Elon Musk wants. It's just, it's never going to bring in the same number of viewers and the same ratings mm-hmm. that Tucker yeah. was on his own show in his, in his time slot. Right. So, so, no, it's not. And that's definitely a good thing. I'm definitely uh happy he's gone from there. Um, I know that some people have made the argument in the past that sunlight is the best disinfectant. If you give these lunatics a voice, it will uh, help everyone realize that they are lunatics and should not be listened to. I think we've seen over the past decade that that doesn't work, unfortunately. I thought it was injecting bleach into your veins. That's true. That also helps. Now, if Trump wasn't on the ballot, now, according to the Associated Press, among the contenders from the Republican Party who would be running for president... In this upcoming election, you've got DeSantis, you've got Nikki Haley, mm-hmm. Tim Scott, yep. Asia Hutchinson, Vivek mm-hmm. Ramaswamy. Oh, yeah. Is that how you pronounce it? Uh, and then, I think so, yeah. And possibly Mike Pence. Now, if Trump was not in the picture, uh, who do you think would be the front runner out of that pool of names? Um, whichever one could most aptly claim Trump's endorsement or legacy. Like if Trump weren't running and endorsed someone, they would be the front runner by the long shot. Um, and if Trump just dropped it dead, which everyone could convincingly say Trump would have wanted me to run in his stead. (laughs) (laughs) Um, because I think that's what it comes down to. It's just, it's a Trump party. It's not a Republican party. It's not a conservative party. It's a, it's a Trump party. Uh, has now I know Trump doesn't necessarily like DeSantis as he uh, condemned any of those other names. I'm pretty sure all anyone who runs against him, he's come out and said is a a loser, a fraud. They're, they without me, they would have been nothing. They begged me for my help, and <laughs> I gave it to them, and now they are ungrateful. They are un, unloyal. I mean, even Pence, because Pence did oh, definitely yeah. election results. I mean, it's. <laughs> Uh, it's been it's kind of funny to me like everyone has been wondering like who is Trump going to name his VP for his 2024 campaign and it's like everyone knows it's not going to be Pence yeah right like there's just no one is even for a moment thinking it was it's going to be Mike Pence uh, last well uh, actually a couple more points for you so first mm-hmm. um on a scale from one to yes, how fucked are we in 2024? I mean, so so here's the thing that I think is, is interesting. Um, I don't think DeSantis has any shot in a primary against Trump. Like, I'm not concerned about him winning. I could be wrong. I've been wrong before. I will be wrong again. But um, 
he's not charismatic. He's kind of a weird guy. And now I think Trump is a weird guy, but Trump is weird in the same way as most of his voters are. DeSantis is weird in in different ways that I think will be very off-putting to his lot a lot of his potential voters. Like, have you seen some of the videos recently, like of his obvious fake laughs and like his attempts to have normal conversations with people are all just extremely fake and extremely awkward. Does that include the the laugh, like his, him laughing? There's a picture of him laughing after he signed like the anti-abortion bill. Yeah. Is that one of them? Yeah. Is that supposed to be like a diabolical laugh? It's it's just a, it's a weird laugh. It's just he goes for, he, he does something like he sort of goes like <laughs> like he goes from zero to cackle to zero and it's so obviously not a real laugh. It's you like <laughs> Yeah, it's it's like you can see the cogs in his head. He's kind of got like that Kang and Kodos running for office thing where he's he's just kind of like what would normal human do in this situation? Ah, laugh with them. Ha 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 ha. Good jokes. Like he just he doesn't he doesn't connect to people. He's very clearly kind of got that like don't touch me peasant kind of uh foppishness to him. And I think that I think that'll be a huge turnoff for a lot of uh potential Trump to DeSantis voters. Well, you all know what laughter sounds like. Is it this? Yes. Okay. <laughs> or it could be this. Boy, <laughs> well, you have a lot of laugh sound drops. I do. <laughs> I wish it was that last one. Or it could, yeah, be, it, or it could be this one. So my personal philosophy of rehabilitation. <laughs> and that's coming out of the mouth, by the way. Oh, no. <laughs> Uh, sorry, go ahead. Um, I, you know, it's just, it's funny because I do think he, everything he's done right for like the past year has been in the service of his eventual, eventual presidential campaign, all of the anti woke stuff, the anti education stuff, the anti Disney world stuff. Um, all of that is so that he can have the honor of trailing Trump by 20 points in Florida and Trump is going to call him a pedophile. <laughs> like that's, that's what he's doing all this for oh is God. so that is that Trump can call him small fingers, DeSantis, and then, and then eat him by 30 points in his own home state. Like yep. it's just so it's, I, I, again, Trump is horrible. I will laugh heartily the day he finally fucking departs this mortal coil. But uh, it will be some amount of satisfaction to see him, uh, you know, make Ronnie cry on live television. And yeah, knowing our luck, Trump will get a state funeral, too. Oh, I'm sure. Uh, uh, a know, laugh be, doesn't happen. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see because uh, it, it does seem like pretty much every other politician or every other president on of both parties really doesn't like Trump. Like, it's it's something that obama biden clinton bush you know all the, all the former nominees romney 
they bond over, you know, not inviting Trump to <laughs> the big bipartisan events because he's just so fucking toxic. I do not endorse this presidential candidate. <laughs> Thanks, Mr. Clinton. You're welcome. Vote for me in 96. Mr. Clinton, so, it's 2023. No, it's not. <laughs> one thing that I that I do worry about, right, when you, when you say, uh, you know, how fucked are we? If DeSantis does manage to get to the general election, if Trump either croaks or somehow, I don't know what could possibly tap, make it happen at this point, but if somehow his support collapses, right, and people ditch him for, uh, for DeSantis, um, I think what we're going to see is a lot of our legacy media, our big institutional media like the New York Times, the Washington Post, CNN, that are typically derided as being liberal media, which is a, something I take issue with, but that's you know a deep dive for another time. Um, I think we're going to see a lot of attempts to paint DeSantis as a moderate compared to Trump. There's going to be a lot of you know, compared to the bombastic rhetoric of Trump, DeSantis is a return to normalcy that many Americans might appreciate. Uh, I think that's uh, going to be the prevailing uh, feeling about his campaign, to which I think a much better, more accurate description would be DeSantis wants your teenage daughters to undergo vagina inspections at school before they can undergo sports teams. And he wants to destroy Disney world. These are things that I think people should know and are things that would not actually be popular with the average moderate voter. I I don't like any of that. Yeah. (laughs) No, no, thank you. I mean, it really needs to be said, right? Like, I think I think there's a, you know, when people think about the anti-transgender legislation and the and the, you know, the panic it's led to among the left, I think some people might think, okay, well, transgender people are like 0.1% of the population. What's the big deal? You know, so what? If transgender people are, if, if transgender girls can't play in girls sports or you know, whichever direction doesn't matter. It doesn't affect me. What's the big deal? This is nothing. This is unimportant, but it's all a pretense about control, right? Everything. The abortion debate isn't about fetuses. It's about control. The gay marriage debate isn't about marriage. It's about control. The Republicans want complete control over what you're allowed to be in public spaces. And these anti-trans bills in Florida very literally mean that if you are a biological cisgendered woman in a bathroom and someone else point in, in, in the woman's bathroom and someone points at you and says, I think you're trans under the law in Florida, a police officer has to come and inspect your genitals. What? That's pretty fucked up. What? That's pretty fucked up. I think if most people knew that if people knew that these bills were about forcing children and teenagers in high school to have their genitals inspected by their gym teachers before they can join their sports team sports teams to ensure there are no trans kids getting on the wrong sports team. I think people would have a big fucking problem with that. 
Not to take away from the seriousness of it, but all I can think of when you said that is the TSA agents from South Park. <laughs> Going to have to look inside your butthole. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's a wild. It's 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 one of those things that people. The issue itself is wildly unpopular, like every single bill that DeSantis has proudly endorsed has about the same approval rating as gonorrhea. <laughs> but people compartmentalize, right? Sure, people yeah. don't look at that sort of thing. People will will see, oh, well, he's calmer than Trump. He doesn't tweet like Trump does. Ergo, he's a moderate. And it's like, no, nothing about anything he has proposed or put into law in Florida is moderate. He is... He is a, an insane, radical nut job, and again, I don't, I don't even personally think he particularly gives a shit. I don't think he is is someone who, like Trump, is just like angry and hateful about trans people and immigrants. I just think he wants the votes of people who are angry and hateful, and is willing to throw anyone under the bus to get those votes. Yeah, I'm just, I'm still fixated on what you said a few minutes ago about. DeSantis representing normalcy because yeah. if we're not careful and right now I don't think we're being careful right everything you just described will be normal yeah and it shouldn't be normal it's far right it's far from normal yeah but it, it's it's similar to what we're seeing what we saw with um the Dobbs reversal right in the in, in the the abortion um bills of what was that? 21, 2021, 2022. I can't remember. Time was lost all meaning, but, um, <laughs> after, after Dobbs, after Dobbs passed, um, or after Dobbs was, uh, you know, the law of the land, a bunch of red States, you know, Republican States had, um, what do you call it? Voter questions. Um, where about abortion basically should we radically increase restrictions on abortion unanimously across the country people voted no we do not want more restrictions on abortion restrictions on abortion anti-abortion policies are wildly unpopular if you put these anti-abortion policies to the american people they will vote them down the problem is that on the same ballot, they will vote for the Republican politicians who proposed the anti-abortion policies. That's just what the median American voter does. They compartmentalize things. They don't really put two and two together. I think the same thing is going to happen with the trans panic, right? I think... Um, Republicans are going to go all in on these extremely hateful, basically attempting to legislatively genocide transgender people out of American life. And I think those specific issues, if put on the ballot, will be voted down. Because I think even your average conservative just doesn't really care enough to e either either is turned off by hatred or isn't really motivated by it. How do I want to phrase this? Like they see it as not that big of a deal and, you know, they don't want to fight to defend it. 
but most people are just kind of like, oh, you're going to just like be super mean and, and gross and horrible to these people who don't, who haven't really done anything. That's, that's weird. I'm not into that, but then they'll still, they'll compartmentalize and then they'll support the politicians who are pushing those bills. And that's a problem. We need to, we need to defeat those politicians soundly in every arena at every stage. Um, I do want to clarify something because I realized I may have just said something that was a little contradictory to what I said earlier about, you know, when I described the Trump voters as being completely motivated by hatred. Yeah. I do think those people are a minority, right? I think when I talk about the Republican base mm-hmm. that that votes for Trump and that's going to vote for Trump over DeSantis, I think that that caps at like 30% of the American population, right? So I think there's two different issues at play here. There's the average Republican primary voter who is a frothing fount of rage and wants to hurt everyone, be they transgender, black, gay, Jewish, an immigrant, whatever. They just want to cause pain. And then there's the median voter who is the kind of person who looks at a picture of Sweden and a picture of Afghanistan and does the, that's the same picture meme. They can't tell two things apart. So they will hear Joe, Joe Biden say, I believe every American deserves respect and dignity. And then DeSantis say, we need to round up all those transgender people and put a stop to them from converting our children and go, well, that sounds like they're saying basically the same thing. And those are the people who I worry about. I think those are the ones who might throw a general election to DeSantis by compartmentalizing when they shouldn't. I mean, it's also there. there's, I guess, trigger words in there. And there's also, I mean, that's a great example of uh, big words versus small words. Mm-hmm. What will people understand? What will, what will resonate with them? Um, not necessarily because they believe it, but just because they understand it. Right. Yeah. And it's, there's a lot of, um, interesting things like that, where like with polling questions that seem nonpartisan can have a coding where people understand the person asking the polling question thinks that liberals will answer one way and conservatives will answer the other way. So I'm going to answer accordingly to social support for my team. And I think that's really fascinating. Uh, last question for you before we wrap this up. Uh, and by the way, thank you for all of this. <laughs> I literally think about this too many hours a day. I have mental problems. <laughs> yeah. Now you have your outlet. Yeah. Hopefully, hopefully there's someone out there listening that agrees with you. <laughs> <laughs> I hope so. Um, uh, according to the Associated Press, talking about DeSantis announcing his election bid, it says late Wednesday, uh, which is uh, today, the day we recorded this episode, 24th of May. Late Wednesday, DeSantis's office announced that he signed a broad election law bill that contains a provision allowing him to run for president without resigning his post as governor, exempting yep. himself from a state rule known as resign to run. Yeah. Uh, that's kind of scary. 
Yeah, it's, I mean, it's one of those, it's pretty blatant. It's hard to imagine how anyone could like justify that. <laughs> yeah, it's, it, it, it reminds me of, because the extent of my political knowledge just comes from the West Wing, but when John Goodman's <laughs> character as uh, Speaker of the House uh, becomes the uh, president, the acting president because of the uh, the 25th Amendment, mm-hmm. he has to resign as Speaker of the House in order to take uh, the role as president which makes perfect sense. Why hold both mm-hmm. roles at the same time? And also it's right. not necessarily something you can go back to because they're going to elect someone else to go yeah, into exactly. that role. Is it just, he doesn't, yeah. he doesn't want to, if he loses, like he just doesn't want to go back to, Oh, well, I guess I fall back on my uh, last job as governor of Florida, I guess. Yeah. That seems like pretty obviously what it is, right? He doesn't actually think he has much of a shot of winning and doesn't want to be out of a job when he gets his clock cleaned. Is is he afraid that someone else is going to just come in and just wipe out all of the uh, terrifying, horrible things he's signed in the law? I mean, I don't even know if he necessarily cares about any of that. He probably just wants a job. He likes the spotlight and the donations you get in the, in the power and all that. So you know, who, why wouldn't he want it? Why would he want to give up all that? You know, Sucks. it's just, if I were a potential DeSantis supporter and I found out he signed that bill, I would go, Oh, that's pretty sketchy. Oh, like, again, it's hard for me to get into the mind of these people, but, uh, like if a Democrat, democratic politician, I really liked did something like that. It would, it would be a red flag for me, but that's also why Democrats lose a lot because our voters have standards. <laughs> Honestly, man, I just want to spend like a whole, maybe like six months minimum just in Florida just to learn, really just to learn about how the state works and just to to, to learn about the people that are there. Yeah. Because I was just there. But but I was told that like where I was is like the the small, maybe not necessarily blue section of the state, but it's where you're going to find extremists is not going to be there, right? Like not, right. not in Orlando because yeah. that's where, uh, you know, that's where everyone goes to vacation, but I yeah, want, I want exactly. to go, I want to go up to like the panhandle, right? I want to go, yeah. I really want to like go into Tampa. I want to just go, I want to go South. I just really want to see like where real Florida is and what those people are like. Well, if I'm not mistaken, Tampa did just elect a Democrat for mayor. Okay. Well, that's encouraging because my understanding, my understanding is that Tampa is a big shithole. I didn't spend enough time. I went there, but I didn't spend enough time to really like sniff the air and, and get like a good idea of what was going on. Yeah. Um, I'm pretty sure. Let me. This- and and oh, I just want to clarify too. Um, I've been to that state uh, four times in my 33 years uh, for about, I, I think I've spent the equivalent of one month total there. So clearly yeah. I'm an expert. Clearly I know everything. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm ca- there. There was definitely a, a, a conservative city in um, Florida. I can't remember if it was Tampa or Jacksonville or one of them, but they they just not they just elected a, a Democrat to mayor, and it's been part of a trend. Now, I I mean, obviously, I will never feel confident again after 2016. I've been traumatized for life about anything good ever happening, but. Democrats have been overperforming in every single election except the uh, Virginia gubernatorial in 2018 um, since 2016, right? We've run about 10 points further to the left than anyone has expected. 
every election. So I do think Trump winning was a wake up call to a lot of people who weren't taking this shit seriously. Um, Cause we've been seeing Democrats win in areas that have been held by Republicans for decades. Uh, I mean, literally this. Yeah. We all thought it was a joke. Then election night came around. Yeah, literally. Yeah. So, you know, hopefully nobody really thought he'd ever be president. It was a joke, but we just let the joke go on for too long. Yep. Literally, literally. Uh, from NBC News, by the way, from uh, May 17th of this year, uh, Democrat Donna Deegan won the Jacksonville mayor's race. Okay, that's shock- what I was thinking of, yeah. A shocking upset that hands Florida Democrats a major shot of energy less than six months yep. after they were trounced in the 2022 midterms and considered left for dead by the National Party. Yeah, could be worse. They could have been considered back for blood. Haha, <laughs> 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 ha, pay your writers, Warner Brother. <laughs> I'm going to repeat it here. Uh, I posted this on Facebook, on my own Facebook. And um, if, if I may completely deviate from talking politics. Yeah, I think I got it all out of my system for now. And uh, and then we can take a breather and regroup. But um, so I worked for Warner Brothers for uh, almost 10 years. And it was, I, I don't know, whenever like someone asks where you work, do you ever sort of like hesitate to say where because you just know you're going to have to either like repeat yourself or have to explain in detail wh- um, like where I, it is I, you work? I never give the name of the firm. If if people if people ask me where I work, I just say a law firm. Okay, and that's it because they're not. It's a very small firm. Even if you're like, I don't know if this type of person exists really into following law firms sure. i don't think most people would have ever even heard of ours so, so i it was tough for me to like skate around that and i'm just not i'm not someone who 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 fibs either right i mean i do fib but at the same time i feel like you know i have to sort of tell the truth in that regard so whenever i, I tell someone that i worked at warner brothers it was always an explanation that was longer than it needed to be. And most of the time people didn't believe me. Uh, now I can understand if I was, you know, in the fifth grade, cause then, you know, every, when you're a fifth grader and you make such a claim, then it's bullshit. Everything's bullshit, but yeah. not as an adult. So I say, I work for Warner brothers and people are always like, what? Like the Warner brothers. No, you don't. They're in California and you live in Massachusetts. You don't work for Warner brothers. Uh, and then I would have to go through the motions of explaining uh, I do and explaining that uh, uh, they they have an outfit in Massachusetts, which people don't know, and uh, what I do for them. So uh, did for them. So it's a whole song and dance. I, I bring this up because uh, I met my credit union yesterday, applying for a loan that I'm ultimately not going to ultimately not going to take. But um, they're going like they. they obviously I have to screen you for it. And they're asking me, you know, 20 questions and then they get to my employer and it was the, like the branch manager helping the assistant branch manager. I guess she had never filled out like a a screening form before. And the Mm -hmm. branch manager looked like she couldn't be arsed at all to be talking to me. And she looks at my employment. I, and I swear to God, it was probably written down this way in their system. Mm -hmm. And she was reading off the screen. She just asks me very like, you know, hit and miss. She just goes, Oh, uh, do you still work for the Wayans brothers? (laughs) I'm like, yeah, Marlon and Sean, I work for them. Yes. 
Yeah. Great you, group of you guys. You do odd, odd jobs. <laughs> I am their dealer. Many consider me the third way. In- <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I, and I just took it cause I'm like, I'm not even going to try to correct that. And if it's yeah. in their system that I work for the Wayans brothers, then so be it. I work will for this, the Wayans brothers. Will this helper hurt my loan changes? <laughs> <laughs> well, you work for the Wayans brothers and your credit is this good. <laughs> now I really don't believe you, <laughs> which is funny. Cause I met the Wayans brothers when I worked at the radio station and I always gauged the, like my interactions with celebrities based on if they would remember my name at the end of their mm-hmm. visit. And the okay. way and the Wayans brothers, Marlon and Sean were uh, like two in a very small group of celebrities that remembered mm-hmm. my name yeah, and were like calling out my name and like just chatting with me. And I'm just, and I'm sure they were blasted out of their minds, but I'm like, yeah, you remember my name. That's nice yep. of you. Like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to judge you if you don't, but you do. And I, I like that. I will mm-hmm. remember that. Anyway, I'd happily work for you anytime. Anyway, I need to go uh, yell at my dog because he's been barking for some reason. Oh, I, I, no, no, I know what the reason is. The window is open and he probably <laughs> thinks he heard something. So um, uh, I'm going to lay down the law. All right. All right. Uh, when we come back, we'll talk about some lighter non-political things. Uh, including Just as stupid, though. <laughs> just as stupid. Uh, n- namely, World of Warcraft, which continues to exist almost 20 years later. Mm-hmm. All right, we will be back. Stick around. Hardly Focus presents The Ack and Jack Show. As a podcast network, our first priority has always been audio and the stories we're able to share with you. But we also sell merch, and organizing that was made both possible and easy with Shopify. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell and grow at every stage of your business, from the launch your online shop stage all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. They have an all-in-one e-commerce platform and in-person POS system, so wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. With the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. Shopify has allowed us to share something tangible with the podcast community we've built here, selling our beanies, sweatshirts, and mugs to fans of our shows without taking up too much time from all the other work we do to bring you even more great content. And it's not just us. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S., Shopify is also the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com realm, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com r-e-a-l-m now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash realm contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine erstwhile monk turned traveling medical investigator join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague ridden world that ours is not a loving god and we are not its favored children the heresies of Radolf Burntwine Coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available.
You are listening to the Solid Listen Podcast Network. You are listening to the Ack and Jack Show. I'm going to keep it 55 straight. Presented by Hardly Focused and the Solid Listen Podcast Network. If that doesn't make you a fan, I don't know what does. Hey, we're the Ack and Jack Show. Um... I so I feel like I have something stuck in my throat. Um, so if, I don't know if I was doing this in the last segment, but just all day I've been both drinking a lot of fluids, but then also like just clearing my throat. Mm-hmm. And it like it really feels like you know because I, I I'll have like yogurt and granola every morning, and it feels like a piece of granola got stuck in my throat. But oh. uh, here's the problem. It's felt this way for the last three days. That's one stubborn granola. So I look it up and of course it could be uh, any number of things beyond just having food stuck in your throat. It could be either, uh, you know, just a, uh, a reaction to seasonal allergies because mm-hmm. it's spring or it could be cancer. Yeah, of course. So. Never look up anything on the internet. What is wrong with you? I'm not smart, you see. I'm just not. I don't know if you've noticed I have a weird rash on my forehead that I have absolutely no idea how I got it. Uh, Jesus, I just thought uh, you had like a giant zit <laughs> No, <laughs> that you went no, to town on. Uh, <laughs> nope. I don't know what it is. I got some kind of weird skin condition, but... uh. You know, it's funny. I I went into the office on Monday and one of my coworkers, I had like a nice half hour chat with him and he was very polite and friendly, didn't point it out at all. I turn around and my other coworker takes one look at me and just goes, geez, what's with the Harry Potter thing? (laughs) (laughs) Like, well, I appreciate having both perspectives here. Yeah. Um, Well, I hope that goes away. Yeah, and I hope your throat gets better. Thank you. Um, I the note I wrote down uh, for the recap, all I wrote down was Jack throat, and boy, does that just sound risque. <laughs> Who knows? Maybe you're going to be the one to break the next big presidential scandal. <laughs> Call me Jack throat. Everybody knows there was no scandal better than my scandal. <laughs> Y'all know who I am. Y'all know. Uh, anyway, I could have been the original first husband. I could have been. I could have been a contender. Anyway, um, uh, before we talk about World of Warcraft, um, so I saw this article, and I'll, I'll, I'll keep this brief, but I saw this article uh, that was titled Worst Flight Ever, and it came from the Australian Yahoo Mm-hmm. And it's about a woman, actually a whole family. So it was a woman, I think her two small children and her husband who all got food poisoning. I think it was food poisoning or some sort of illness that just resulted in them spending five hours on their flight, just puking their guts out. Oof. And the article also included some, uh, I guess there was like a connected article where someone or multiple people were complaining on social media to the point that it got the airliner's attention. Uh, Jetstar, okay. uh, that does the airliner, got their attention because they were complaining about having to sit near this family that was violently ill for the full duration of their flight. Yeah, I can see how that would be uncomfortable. 
So it made for all parties involved. Oh yeah, it made it made news like across multiple fronts. But it wasn't. So this is recent. This is this this happened recently. But it wasn't this that caught my attention. It was uh, an article that was referenced within this one from something that happened in uh uh it happened in October. So it happened last year, and it said it went viral. And as it usually goes with me, went completely over my head. Okay, totally missed it. Uh, the New York Post had reported on it. The article title this is probably one of those things that this is all you need to hear. Woman forced to sit, woman forced to sit in vomit. Oh, after a man's barf bag exploded on her during 13 hour flight. I don't remember hearing about that either. So uh, here is what might be the longest two minutes in 34 seconds of your life. Oh, no. Here we go. The woman recounting this tale. Hey guys, have you ever been on a flight from Bangkok to London and you're sitting in the aisle seat next to a couple and the man was sitting in the middle seat next to you and the girlfriend was on the window seat and everything was going fine. The plane was beginning to just take off. Everyone was getting their seatbelts on and you were getting situated. You were minding your own business, reading your book. Um, And as the plane's taking off, you notice next to you the man takes out his paper doggy bag and throws up into it and as disgusting as it is you know you don't want to embarrass him you're like okay i guess it happens at least he's throwing up in the doggy bag and not on you it's fine i'm just gonna mind my own business i can't get up out of the seat he can't get up because we're literally taking off we are in our seat belts in our seats can't get out of our seats um and then you know a couple seconds later he throws up again in the doggy bag and you know you're still just looking straight ahead pretending like it's not happening two inches away from you He throws up another time and the girlfriend finally leans over and taps you on your shoulder and is like, hey, like, can we have your paper doggy bag? Like we are running, you know, I don't have one. We need another one. And I frantically start looking at my seat. I'm like, yes, of course. And I can't find one. And I'm freaking out because the guy next to me throws up again. He's like, it's continuing. It's not stopping. And finally, this girl in the aisle across from me notices what's happening and quickly hands me her doggy bag. And I turn over to give this to the people, the guy that's throwing up. And I notice that his paper bag is full to the brim, full to the brim with throw up. He, if he throws up another time, it will literally overflow. And so at this point, I'm holding the paper bag like so that they can put the other paper bag in this paper bag because the bottom of the paper bag is so full of throw up that it's starting to break open. And so me and the girl are holding the ends of this paper bag so that the guy can put the other bag inside the bag, but the bottom of his paper bag filled to the brim with his vomit breaks open and his vomit gushes out of the bottom all over onto his lap and unfortunately all over me and all of my stuff that's under my seat and then because the plane's still taking off and you're taxiing and you have to sit in your seats and you're in your seatbelt, the flight attendants won't let you get up and so you have to sit there for the next 10 minutes in some other person's throw up has that ever happened to you I don't like it. <laughs> I was key. I was curious how long you'd last. I applaud you for making it through that whole thing. Yeah. No, I, I just don't like flying in general and that would not add to my enjoyment at all. Oh, I mean, I agree. I mean, I'll do it. 
and somehow I can like I'm the type of person who would just like the second I sit down on a plane I'm I'm asleep I don't know mm-hmm. yeah I don't know if just a, it's a response to anxiety I don't know mm-hmm. but um it's not even really fear for me with I don't have a fear of flying I just don't like it it's like going to the DMV right I don't I'm not afraid of it I just don't want to oh yeah I mean I don't think anyone really <laughs> likes to fly you know I mean you're, you're sitting in a, a it's it's cliche but you're sitting in an mm-hmm. aluminum tube for several hours and you can't do anything you can't move you you, you can't like uh yeah I mean that's just it. I mean if you're literally stuck in one spot I mean uh I don't know now what we did on planes before like Wi-Fi was free. It existed yeah. when we had all had devices on hand. Like, oh, you want to read a book? Okay, cool. Well, that that better hold your attention for five hours. Yeah. Else you're holding a, a, a bag of puke filled to the brim. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And gee, I've never been on like an overseas flight or, you know, I've never gone that far yeah. via pl- plane. I think furthest I've gone has probably been Boston to Florida. So yeah, which which is funny because I've I've flown to the UK and back, mm-hmm. and it, it actually takes longer to get to from from Boston to California than it does Boston to uh, Dublin. Interesting, yeah. Especially when you hit that jet stream, that that jet yeah. stream gives you like an extra that extra speed boost. Cool, but um, yeah. Now I. Part of me wants to call BS on this story where it's like a, it's like a Tucker Max fabrication. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I just that that story sounds way too good to be true. Yeah, I mean, I, I could see it. I, I could see something like that happening. God, I'd feel terrible if I were the guy and just be like, I got my puke over some random nice lady. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I mean, like, what did he do? Pound a bottle of Epicac before he got on the plane? Yeah, I'm curious. Like, boy, what a time for a severe stomach virus. Unless that's his reaction to anxiety. But I would think if you're just nervous gagging, I wouldn't think it would make you puke that many times in rapid succession and have that much actually come out. Uh, this this uh, was the guy on the plane. I don't want it. I don't want it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, it reminded me, it honestly reminded me of this from a very, very good movie called Stand By Me. Mm-hmm. Boss man Bob Cormier took one look at Bill Travis and barfed on Principal Wiggins. Principal Wiggins barfed on a lumberjack that was sitting next to him. Mayor Grundy barfed on his wife's tits. But when the smell hit the crowd, that's when Lardass' plan really started to work. Girlfriends barfed on boyfriends. Kids barfed on their parents. A fat lady barfed in her purse. The Donnelly twins barfed on each other. And the women's auxiliary barfed all over the benevolent order of antelopes. <laughs> that We just watched that movie very recently um, because of that scene. Someone nice. <laughs> in a Facebook group I'm in shared that scene. And I said to Stephanie, I was like, I thought I saw this movie when I was younger and I remember it being a very serious movie and she was like yeah I mean it mostly is but that scene is in the movie and it's a very funny scene so we watched it again and I was like okay yeah it fits in the context yeah <laughs> I mean like when you're a kid every every you know things are the, the humor goes over your head yeah and um uh I mean it's a, it's a it very much is a coming of age 
tale. Mm-hmm. I mean, for me, it was a rite of passage. Yeah, you know, most most uh, most children, you know, watched you know, Disney animated classics, right? Mm-hmm. Um, especially when we were kids, we were fortunate enough to be uh, the the target age for Toy Story, which you know set yeah. a precedent for animation. And yet, my parents uh, said none of that, Jack. You will watch Stand by Me. You will watch uh, uh, Fire in the Sky. Uh, you will you you will watch C-SPAN. You'll experience the melancholy of adolescence, and you'll like it. You'll watch Mother Angelica on EWTN channel ninety nine, and you will like it. Gosh well, darn it! Did you like it? Um. You know, I didn't. <laughs> Sorry, I had to do a little, little quick puke there. Speaking of Mother Angelica, uh, God bless you. <laughs> um, all right, so uh, World of Warcraft, which you have played a little bit of, uh-huh. and uh, <laughs> I have tried to play it. And the problem with me is that, like, yeah, it's, it's fun, but, like, if it's not something like a grand theft auto game or like skyrim which is kind of ironic if you think about it it's like because i I really did the same thing with that kingdoms of amalar game which which famously Mm -hmm. bankrupted the state of rhode island um (laughs) uh which which was for all intents and purposes it's an mmo but it's a single player mmo and even then i'm like this game is very fun but it just isn't holding my interest long enough for me to play it for more than two weeks and that's absolutely sympathize i think mmo as a genre is not for everyone like i definitely can sympathize with that yeah the um uh like you know world warcraft you're actually paying for you're paying like 15 bucks mm-hmm. a month so at that point yeah. i feel like i am i'm obligated to play this game mm-hmm. and it just I, I I think I sub for maybe one or two months at a time because by the time that that renewal happens, I'm no longer playing, but I've forgotten to cancel my subscription and I'm too dumb to go out and get a prepaid game card if they even do right. such a thing. So uh, but that said, now, I remember you uh, were very excited when Wow Classic came out a few years right. ago. Yeah. So um, I played Warcraft. I actually played from launch. I was in the original beta back in 2004 before the original pre any expansions um like early early wow um i played a depressing amount i feel like i really can't stress enough like i like if you were to ever actually calculate all the hours i've spent playing wow over the years and add them all up and i would look at it and just go ooh that a I, I, I real comic book guy seeing the nuke coming down the street, you know, <laughs> oh, oh, Aquaman. <laughs> what, you, I forget you, what he says. Oh, 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 Aquaman. <laughs> oh, Aquaman, you can't marry a woman without gills. You're from two different worlds. <laughs> oh, I've wasted my life. Yeah, that's that's going to be my reaction. If if at the pearly gates, I'm informed how many hours I spent in Warcraft. Um, I would say probably so I played actively throughout all of original wow burning crusade expansion wrath of the lich king expansion and the first time i took a break in earnest was during the cataclysm expansion 
So I bet I can figure this out. Give me one second. Cataclysm. But anyway. <laughs> I mean, that was Cataclysm. Was, was that 2009 or was that later? I'm pretty sure that was later. I think that might have been 2010 or 2011 even. Oh, God. So that's um, almost 10 years. Definitely was seven but, years, eight yeah. years. Yeah. So, okay. The, the one after Cataclysm was Mists of Pandaria. And I quit late into Cataclysm. So probably... Let's guess if it, if Miss came out September 2012, I probably quit early 2012. So between 2004, between November 2004 and let's say March 2012, I probably paid, played on average two or three hours every single day during that entire period. Jesus. Damn. Um, and then I, I came back later. So I did quit. Brief, I quit for probably about six months because a different MMO came out, Star Wars The Old Republic. I really wanted to play that. Didn't hold my attention as much. I ended up going back to Warcraft for most of Mists of Pandaria, so that was probably another year and a half of the same like level of playing. Yeah. Um, then I quit for a couple of years. Right, I actually I, I managed to stay away for about two full years, um, and then they announced classic. Right, so so yeah, when I came back during mists, uh, it didn't hold my attention as much. I didn't like a lot of the a lot of the changes, a lot of the updates. Um, you know, I don't need to get into all the nitty gritty of it. Very boring, nerdy stuff, but it wasn't to my liking. I know a lot of people who love it to this day. Good for them. I'm happy for you. Not for me. So when they announced Classic WoW, I was over the moon. I was so excited. I could not believe that this was happening. Because this was something that famously as a meme, people had been asking for for years. And a, a meme came up of, of one of the producers of Warcraft during a BlizzCon session when asked, will you ever make Classic servers? Answered very defi definitively, no, you think you want that, but you don't. <laughs> don't, don't you guys have and, phones? <laughs> yeah. For one of what would become a very long line of L's for Blizzard. Um, but yeah, so they, they did they did eventually announce and release Classic WoW, and I was very, very excited. I went right like day one of Classic. I was in playing hours every day. Um and at first, it was great because there was a sort of this big excitement about it. Tons of people. Like, if you could see the starting zones, like when you lo first log in on a character on the first day of Classic, oh my god. Like, some coolest experience I've ever had in my gaming career. You know, just seeing hundreds of people working together, helping each other out forming guilds, building new friendships. Like this was why I play online games, like distilled into a single, single moment. Over time, I started to get more disillusioned with it because a big thing that I loved about wow, the original time around was that nobody knew what the fuck they were doing. Ah, uh... it was very like wow was very weird compared to a lot of other mmos that have come out since you know a lot of them you can see 
how it was intentionally designed in such a way. Like a big problem I had with Star Wars The Old Republic was it was felt like you were being funneled through hallways, right? Like it would be very much like, okay, you're dropped off here. You're given a quest to go to point B and then to point C and then to point D and then to point E. Warcraft was just like, here's a massive zone with nothing in it. (laughs) Why? Who knows? Nobody fucking knows. And the answer was they had plans for it that just didn't make it into release. And then those plans later got later got scrapped. I remember 2004, 2005 running around with people in this zone as we tried to find secrets to why it was there, like finding every cave and every mountain and seeing what we could uncover. And there was this, this feeling of mystery and exploration and classic wasn't just wasn't able to recreate that because everyone knew the exact optimal way to play going into it. Yeah. Like people had been playing on private servers for 12 years at this point. So the minute classic launched, there were people who already had the optimal route to get to max level and then get the max gear and then clear the raids as fast as possible down to a science. And to me, that made the whole experience dramatically less fun. So I did play for a couple of years and I enjoyed it and I'm glad I got that opportunity and I had some great times in it, but it just couldn't hold my attention long-term. I do find it fascinating that you still played for a couple of years. I mean, everything you just described, I think that would just uh, turn me off almost immediately. Um, It took me a while to really notice the difference because again, like when it first started, it was really popular. So there were a lot more people in it to like sort of pad that out. It wasn't until like six months in or so when, you know, the people who just anytime there's a new expansion or a new patch in Warcraft, hundreds of people join play for a week and then, you know, stop. Um, so it was once that honeymoon phase wore off and you started to like get into the phase where everyone sticking around was just like the, the end game players that I started to realize like, Oh, these people are nuts. And I mean that affectionately, like I'm not trying to act like I'm better than them or anything like that. I'm obviously quite worse (laughs) in terms of gameplay, but, um, you know, just kind of lose that magic a little bit when when they're kind of like, all right, guys, this this raid fight is 12 years old. You need to watch this YouTube video. You need to study this strategy. If you aren't playing the correct class that we've determined is optimal for this boss fight, you will be benched and, and not brought on the raid. And that all that stuff just kind of uh, just soured me on the experience. So, you know, I, I stuck around. I played casually. I, you know, saw some content I was never good enough to see back in the olden days. But again, yeah, it just wasn't really enough for me. Now, WoW tokens. Uh, what do you know about WoW tokens? So before today, very little. Because I believe they were only added to retail prior to, or, or after I quit. Right. Like after I stopped playing retail is when they were they were implemented. And for the duration of the time I played classic, they weren't part of classic. Right. My understanding is the big controversy today 
is them being added to classic WoW instead of just retail WoW. Correct. And I know... So yeah, for the entire... I haven't played since early 2022. So they weren't a thing in the game I was playing uh, for the entire time I was playing it. And I know a lot of people will play uh, WoW Classic to get away from the retail version of the mm-hmm. game because it's just so many changes have been done over the years that is really just it's it's like a shell of what it used to be right and it's not even that it's objectively worse it's just so different um i actually so i once was talking to someone at at the boston's gaming cafe the balance patch who put it in a term i never would have thought of but immediately made sense to me classic wow is an rpg retail wow is a fighting game Okay, because retail WoW is all about button combos and rhythm. Like you basically every class has their like five abilities that synergize off of each other and you need to get into that rhythm and know, okay, I'm going to do one, 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 two, and that's going to be a big explosion of damage. Like it's similar to doing like punch, 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 kick in a fighting game. Mm -hmm. Classic WoW is way more like I have stats and my enemy has stats and I'm going to try to maximize my stats while lowering their stats as much as possible. So it's way more of like knowing, okay, I have instead of five flashy damaging abilities, I have like 30 abilities and I got to know when to use them to optimize my performance. So it's, way more like RPG style compared to like flashy fighting game. Now, now do you so think, I'm, sorry, do you think with wow retail, do you think they did that just because they're trying to bring in new players and keep new players almost 20 years on? Um, my understanding is retail. Wow is much more catered to their philosophy of esports. Um, they want, they want it to be fun to participate and watch in competitive rating. Um, much like you would watch competitive Overwatch. Um, whereas Classic WoW was much more of like a, you know, if you if you go back and watch videos of old raids from Classic, there's not a lot that you can visibly see happening. But it's very like technically, like the people prepped for weeks to like build the best gear to like, okay, this boss uses nature spells so i have to go do quests for this faction that will drop the enchantment that will allow me to craft nature resist gear so that when he uses that spell it doesn't hurt me as much retail wow is much more they're summoning a giant swirling vortex of fire run don't get in the giant summoning swirling vortex of fire so visually it's a lot more like fulfilling i think to watch a modern day raid like like it just looks more fun whereas back in the day it was way more of like a numbers game like a going in we need our you know famously the Leroy Jenkins skit yeah was you know when they said what do you think our odds for success are like that was a thing in raids it was like okay based on all of our stats right now we can calculate our odds of whether we're going to make this out or not whereas retail wow is a lot more reflexes and are you going to be pressing your buttons correctly at the right moment and so I don't think either one is objectively better than the other, right? I, like, I know a lot of 
snobby classic players who say retail is worse. I don't think it's worse. I just think it's different. And it's not to my personal liking. So everything you just described about WoW retail is like probably what I would enjoy because yeah. I just it it just seems like that's a lot of planning and a lot of patience I just don't have for WoW Classic. Now that said, right. I played WoW Classic. I liked it. There was a point where I feel like now I probably could have just turned around and like gone the other way and gone back to uh, an area that was more suited for my level and my skill. Mm-hmm. But I was like really trying hard to. Uh, level up and progress and not not also you know you know they have boosters out there they can get you up to you know mm-hmm. max level in an instant i don't want to do that i actually i want to grind and, and yeah. get up there on my own because for me it's experiencing all this for the first time yeah um but it just doesn't hold my interest um, i get that yeah you, you definitely have to there's sort of like a vibe you have to get into it's like relaxation and social and like you know if you're playing a game like the last of us it's because you want to be actively engaged in what's happening in front of you warcraft is almost a passive game to me like warcraft one is a game like a i've always been very social i love joining guilds and i love becoming like close friends with the people in my guild and i love chatting with them while i play so and it's it's almost like I will treat WoW like an AOL chat room from back in the day. Um, but I just happen to be running around killing kobolds while I'm in this chat room. Like, and that's like ancillary to what's to the main draw of being social. Um, and it's like, I just, I like the vibe. I like putting on a YouTube essay while like in the background or a podcast or something. Well, you know, you, you kind of relax and don't take it, you know, you know, you, you can you can turn part of your brain off when you're told I need 10 furball toenails, you know, go get them and bring it back to me. You don't have to think that hard to, to do it. <laughs> you know what? It's really funny. or It's really interesting. Not so much funny as it is incredibly depressing. Uh, no, it's, it's interesting you say this because uh, I when I was playing Wild Classic, when Wild Classic came out, I distinctly remember uh listening to at the time it was a new Lana Del Rey album. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, she's, she's released so many now. Um, it's the one that had the sublime cover on it, but I remember I listened to that whole album while playing wow classic. And it's just mm-hmm. one of those things. I just connect the two together now. Yeah. I know that feeling. Yeah. It's now that's cause this is something I try to do and it's, it's not always possible with the types of games that I like, Skyrim, I think, is definitely one of those games I just, you know, I'm always going back to. And I've put some stupid amount of hours into it. And I've bought it, you know, seven times in the last mm-hmm. 10 years on different platforms. But there's truly nothing better than just putting on, like, even if it's just, like, chill wave music. Like, some mm-hmm. lo-fi beats on Spotify. And just playing a game that, like, there's there's no, like, it's not dialogue heavy and it's yeah. not uh you don't really have to pay attention to it like uh assassin's creed valhalla is a great example of this where like i don't there's a lot you can do where you don't necessarily have to pay attention to cutscenes and dialogue and just putting mm-hmm. on some beats next thing i know four hours goes by yeah and it's just yeah, so relaxing and it's so wonderful that's pretty much always been me with warcraft 
right? Like I've, I've never been hyper competitive or like super high level top raids or anything. Um, I just, and I, I do love a good story heavy intensive game that you need to like really focus on and pay attention to and get a lot out of. I do really enjoy those games. I just also sometimes like the mindless grind. <laughs> like it's it's enjoy like like you said earlier about like you know you can get people who will just like speed run you to boost you to max level i never enjoyed that because i like like to me the grind that people will complain about like oh i don't want to have to spend you know 10 hours killing trolls in the jungle i want to just move on nah man i like that i i i enjoy spending that much time in the jungle just killing the same enemies over and over again that brings me joy it makes serotonin go brr <laughs> <laughs> uh, so the the wow token so for the uninitiated uh like i guess the both of us uh, according to IGN they did a whole thing about this and the only reason i knew uh, about what was going on with the wow token is because i went on reddit and i sorted by popular posts and at the mm-hmm. time the top post was from uh the wow classic subreddit where it was a mod announcement saying they were no longer enforcing one of their subreddit rules in response to mm-hmm. the wow token being introduced on the classic servers so yeah According to IGN, the rule being, uh, I don't know if you knew this, um, previously any discussion of private servers was a bannable offense. And the rule they were now saying, if you want to talk about private servers, go for it because fuck Blizzard. Ah, that's awesome. That is good. That makes me happy. Uh, According to IGN, Blizzard first introduced the WoW token to World of Warcraft retail back in 2015 during the Warlords of Drainer expansion. Okay, yeah, that's pretty much... I probably quit Myths of Pandaria in, like, 2014, so I, like, just missed it. (laughs) Uh, Here's how it works. Players can buy a WoW token with real money and then sell the token in World of Warcraft to other players for in-game gold, effectively allowing them to, quote, buy gold in a legitimate and authorized way. Now... Uh, also for the uninitiated, because I worked in MMOs, mm-hmm. uh, buying gold is typically frowned upon in right. MMOs. Uh, and it, one thing that really pisses people off about this is, you know, Blizzard, instead of doing this, could have just actually hired a staff of people to ban the gold sellers. And they never fucking did. Yeah. Which is funny. They're, they I, just, the I, gold sellers ran rampant. When I worked for the Wayans brothers, um, that that was part of my job was banning gold spammers. Yeah, like you'd think Blizzard. You know, I know they're a, they're a small indie company, haha. But um, you'd think they'd be able to hire a few people to do this. But like the entire time I was playing, people were documenting. Like you know, I I log on every day and I I find like 80 botters farming the same location and I report them all to Blizzard and then the next day they are still there because Blizzard takes no action to try to ban botters in he's, their game. You get that and little, instead yeah. Well, no, you get a little notification on your screen. Thank you for your gold spam report. We will investigate it and take appropriate action. Yeah, exactly. Um and then instead of actually doing anything about that, their response is, "Okay, don't pay the gold sellers, pay us instead." Uh, 
the IGN article goes on to say players who purchase WoW tokens with their in-game gold can then exchange a token for a month of game time, effectively letting them spend in-game gold to avoid paying a regular subscription fee with real money. Okay, now it sounds up my alley mm-hmm. because then that way I don't have to, I don't have to buy a subscription time. Right, I can just grind gold and uh, uh, effectively have a game subscription. Yeah. Now, now, play the game so you can pay for the game, so you can play the game, so you can pay for the game. Yeah. By the way, we're doing we're do, we're doing a, another podcast after this where we're going to recap this podcast, and then there will be another podcast about that recap. Um, which, by the way, I'm coming up on. Actually, I think it's already airing right now. Um, the uh, new Vanderpump Rules episode, which I think I'll have to do a recap for uh, uh, the the old podcast network here. But anyway, um, and that's uh, entirely by my choosing. No one's forcing me to do this. I find enjoyment I in this you. ridiculous show. <laughs> But uh, anyway, um, I saw something on Reddit. Someone was saying that uh, they knew a guy who uh, sold his car to buy gold in WoW. Lord. And someone asked, like, okay, so what's the value of, of gold? Oh, he said 80,000 gold. Sorry, he sold his car for 80,000 gold. That's what it was. He sold his car for 80,000 gold. And someone asked what the monetary equivalent of that was. And they said like $2,000. Yeah. Wow. Uh, this is why people are pissed about uh, WoW tokens now being introduced into WoW Classic. Mm-hmm. They say, for one, Blizzard neither hinted nor otherwise communicated that this change was coming. Many players have expressed feelings feeling blindsided by the news and are angry that the in-game economy is going through such a significant upheaval without warning, which if, if you're unfamiliar with, with MMOs, like they, what, what they call the in-game economy, this is like a legitimate thing. Yeah. It, it is, it's wild. Like the, the game has to have a degree of balance where it's just like, I mean, it, it's really equated to how money, real money works. You can't mm-hmm. just print off, you know, an infinite amount of money and say, oh, but we can just print all this money and it'll be fine. No, that just throws things into an incredible state of imbalance. And that happens with games too. Uh, uh, Team Fortress 2 with that, with the the, the hat market. Yeah. They, they had like, oh my God, they had like road scholar, Harvard educated uh, uh, economists figuring out the hat market in the, in the prices because it was that big. Yep. So, uh, uh, and then they go on to say, but the bigger issue is that many players feel the quote integrity of World of Warcraft Classic is being thrown aside for a quick cash grab on Blizzard's part. Mm -hmm. Because, yeah, uh, that was the big hope was that Classic would be like free from in game shops, you know, cast for cosmetic items, uh, you know, tokens that you can buy to like get rewards. Like it was hoped that Classic would, uh, never get any of those things because they didn't exist at the time and they wanted that authentic like it's still 2005 experience but obviously that was uh not to be the case dude blizzard just sucks now i mean obviously they're not having a good couple of couple of years no i honestly like i i on principle alone stopped playing overwatch which i fucking loved overwatch Mm -hmm. i played a ton of overwatch overwatch was a game that i felt i could just sit down 
and play a few rounds. I loved playing it with you, Ak, and mm-hmm. I loved playing it with Stephanie mm-hmm. and friends. I just, I, and it was so fun to just sit down and play a few quick matches and uh, have that be it. And I was good at it too. I mm-hmm. was a damn good healer. Fucking yeah. loved, loved playing his, uh, whatever that, whatever. That's how you get tinnitus. <laughs> Oh, Lucio. Lucio, yeah, that's I loved playing as him. <laughs> I fucking went I, I I actually played Heroes of the Storm just so I could get Diva's um uh police officer skin. Oh huh. dude, my uh my my Jim Blossoms tattoo, the the girl's outfit, the pinup girl's outfit is based off of Diva's like uh one of her skins from Overwatch. Wow. That's how much I loved Overwatch. And then two things happened. First of all, that piece of shit, Bobby Kotek, who, mm-hmm. oh my God, I would love it if a 747 just flew directly into his face. Oh, I've wasted my life. <laughs> uh, how that guy is still uh, in, like employed and has all this money is beyond me. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, that caused a reckoning in the video game industry, the, the video game industry's, you know, Me Too movement, but... Uh, yeah, look up the Cosby Suite if ever you are bored. Uh, yeah, or don't look up the Cosby Suite. That's 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 up to it's you. Bad. It is. It is bad. But uh, so the Bobby Kotek thing happens, and then like I I was like okay, or it didn't like affect me too much because they announced Overwatch two, but it didn't have a release date, and you know mm-hmm. kind of languished for several years before it finally came out, and it just. Like it, think of that meme from uh, the Godfather of Marlon Brando going, "Look how they massacred my boy." Yeah, like that's just Overwatch Two is just it's like I know I don't know I don't even know why they did it why it needs to be a sequel. Plus, they killed the PVE mode that Mm -hmm. like that that interests me and interested a lot of people, and now they've canceled it effectively. So Blizzard just everything they do is just a misstep. And the fact that Overwatch existed because it was based off of an MMO that was in development called Titan. Mm-hmm. That just it, it Blizzard's own missteps and mismanagement killed Titan. But like we got like Overwatch was like the plan B and it was one of those rare moments where plan B was more successful than plan A. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's tough, you know, because I've loved a lot of Blizzard games and Blizzard properties over the years, and I do think they still come out with good products, but it's just hard to trust them. Like, it's at this point, they've done so many shitty things, both just, like, game design decisions and um, just, like, by being gross misog- misogynists and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, that it's just hard to trust them. It's hard to look at a new upcoming product and go, Ooh, I'm very excited for this. Cause instead I just think, Ooh, this looks good. How will blizzard fuck it up? <laughs> you know, there's just, there's just not that trust there anymore. They're sonic cycling themselves, which is hilarious. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Uh, Diablo four is, um, that's not out, right? Like that's still, no, it had the big stress test recently. The, open beta test yeah i'm i'm sure that's just gonna be hot garbage when it comes out yeah i have no real interest like i I like diablo 3 that's the only one i ever played but Mm -hmm. um just knowing blizzard's track record uh and also 
uh, the Immortals, Di- Diablo Immortals, or Immortal. Yeah. That's the mobile game. That's where the, the, the don't you guys have phones? Yeah, have phones. That, yeah, where that came from, and apparently that is wildly successful, despite all oh, of fun. the qualms. It is incredibly successful. Yeah, it's weird. So, uh, do you think, Ak, if enough people bitch about WoW tokens being introduced into WoW Classic, do you think? Blizzard will reverse their decision. Um, I don't know if bitching really has anything to do with it. It'll come down to whether or not people buy it, right? If if uh, most people bitch, but enough people shell out cash, you know, they're going to keep it in. It's uh, the you know the the blessing and the curse of capitalism is the only thing. The only power we really have is with our wallets. So you don't like how they're doing something, you got to stop giving them your money. It's really just up to you whether your anger is enough to make you stop paying for the product. Uh, interesting you say that because that was always, I, I you know, used to troll the forums, used to troll the, the message boards for the um, MMOs I used to work on. And that was always a very common battle cry was vote with your wallets, people. Mm-hmm. And yeah. uh, those games, uh, are still going strong. One of them uh, is when it came out in 2006, so it's almost as old as WoW. Yeah. The other one came out in 2007, so both these games are almost as old as WoW, and I still see people, vote with your wallets, people. I'm like, it, it, didn't, it, it didn't work when you were saying this in 2007. It's not going to work mm-hmm. in 2023. These games yeah. aren't getting shut down. They're still making <laughs> uh, enough money, at least at minimum, right, to survive. Yeah. Um. But uh, you never know because uh, we we have the Suicide Squad game that was supposed to, I mean, it was supposed to come out years ago. I think it was supposed to come out this year. And there was just such a backlash over the gameplay footage that uh, the Wayans brothers quietly, (laughs) uh, quietly uh, pulled it from their release schedule. And now it doesn't have a release date. Yep. So uh, you never know. I mean, uh, that game will be uh, this when it comes out. Oh, yeah. Big time. And I'm not just speaking ill of my former employer. I'm just saying, look, I watched the same video you did. That game is going to suck. It's not good. Which sucks because I uh, knew their, their their game Gotham Knights, which came out uh, on uh, it came out in October of last year. And I knew about that game's existence for a very long time, but I could not talk about it. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't, I never even signed an NDA. That is the funniest fucking thing about working for that company is I never signed an NDA for anything. Really? I never <laughs> signed an NDA about anything. I was never under an NDA. So I could have just gone out and just blew the lid off of so many things. And I just didn't want to be that guy. I really didn't want to yeah. be that guy. But I knew about gotham knights existence for a very long time and the prospect of it seemed very exciting and then i was no longer uh, i'd moved on from the company uh i was no longer working for that company when gotham knights came out and the reviews were all saying this is the most mediocre game <laughs> yep it's neither good nor bad and i i actually bought it and okay. it truly is a five out of ten game it is there's just so much potential there and yet it's just such a bland boring experience you win the award for most least it's just it's just there it's uh it's 
oh what what's what's his name george michael from arrested development yeah it's it's egg what was her name and veal <laughs> oh yeah yeah it's it, it's her with a question mark um it's just there you don't you, you, you it's standing right in front of you and you don't notice it one of my favorite insults I've ever heard was Stephen Colbert talking to some congressman referred to him as uh, you are a manila envelope taped to a beige wall. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> okay, Ak, um, the uh, the thing that's in my throat hurts now. So that is, okay. a, that is a good time to uh, wrap this up. Also, I need to go watch Vanderpump Rules. So. <laughs> can't well, believe you have fun. I can't believe I've said any of those words. Bring barf bags. Zach, thank you for doing this with me. Thanks um, for having me. I, I am happy to have given you an outlet to talk about politics and uh, World of Warcraft. Yeah, you really uh, you really enabled my worst impulses tonight. Is <laughs> <laughs> that what I normally do? Yeah, I guess so. Isn't that what I'm best known for? I believe it was your father that said, Jack Gill ruins lives. That sounds like something someone would say. After I ate his last pudding cup in 1999. <laughs> okay. Uh, for the rest of you, thank you for listening. Uh, we'll talk at you next time. See ya. Bye. Goodbye. I'm Ollie Barrett. Feminization may not have happened.